What's going on, everybody? It's Derek. And it's Doug. What's going on? Not a whole lot. It's been a while since it's been just you and I. Yeah. Uh, what, since last year? Pretty much, yeah. It's been me and Sam. Then, and then... Sam, me, and you. Me yeah. and Sam. <laughs> Sam and Micah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So what's been going on? Uh, f- not a lot of anything. Playing Monster Hunter, playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy, The Duelist, things like that. Nice. Um, about the same, except the Yu-Gi-Oh! part, it's been Dragon Ball for me. Nice. So there you go. You might hear my cat in the background trying to cry for attention. Yes. <laughs> so, are you excited that next week Secret Mana comes out on the 15th? Yes. Well, this week. This week. This week. Yep. I'm excited for it. Yes, I am. But we'll ready. talk about that. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce our topic for me? Our topic today is what qualities or attributes of a game make it a pre-order versus a purchase later game. Awesome. Before we do that, let's hear about our sponsor. Thanks, guys. Our partner for this week's podcast is Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is an online digital store that sells some of the most popular games from the most popular game developers. But that's not all. They also offer bundle deals that change weekly and monthly that allow you to pay a designated amount for a collection of games or ebooks that can often save you hundreds of dollars. Humble Bundle then donates portions of its proceeds to a featured charity. In addition to this awesome business model, they have also partnered with us so we get a small portion of any purchase or donation through their website. All you need to do is go to our website, scroll to the bottom of the page, and click the Humble Bundle Partner logo and shop for any games of your heart's desire. Thanks, Humble Bundle. Back to you guys. And we're back. Yes. Do you want to go into our YouTube roundup? Absolutely. Uh, We both have one that we picked. Yes. I picked Avatar, The Last Airbender, The Importance of Mistakes. Yes, this is a very good video. Uh... I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes. It is basically talking about how learning mistakes and both being a person who makes mistakes and a person who is around people who do make mistakes, so everyone. Right. Why those are important. It's not just being perfect. It's constantly honing in on what's going on. Yeah, it's not... It's knowing that you'll never obtain perfection, but striving to be better. Yes. Um, so case in point was uh, Prince Zuko. Yes. And that he made a lot of mistakes. One could arguably say so, yes. Um, but his first... The, what kicked him off on that path was not making a mistake, was standing up to his father. Which, yeah, which was the right thing to do. But then it kicked him off on this path of, oh, well, I have to restore my honor and be good in my eyes my father. So I have to, you know, defeat the Avatar, blah, blah, blah. Well, it talks about in the video, at one point, he was, you know, standing at the right hand of his father with all of his honor. But it wasn't what he wanted. Yeah, it was what he that, thought he wanted. Yeah. And, uh, and Uncle then, Iroh was the one who also made a lot of those mistakes and has lived to... Basically, he's been on the other side of those mistakes. He's made the mistakes, and he's seen the consequences 
especially with the death of his son. Which, uh, let's talk about that for a moment. It's still one of the saddest moments in anime history, or animation yes. history, in my opinion. Um, yes. You know, some could argue, oh, it's sadder when Maze Hughes uh, dies in Full Metal Alchemist. Spoiler. When yeah. uh, Nina dies in Full Metal Alchemist. Spoiler. Yeah. Um, so, some could argue and say, oh, that's sadder. No. No, it's not. No, it's not. Uncle Iroh... He was this great man, and then his mistakes caused the death of his son. Yeah. And then when he... Basically, when he admits to his mistakes on the hillside right before he sings Leaves from Ravine, which, there's a trivia fact for that. That was also a dedication to the voice actor because he had passed away. Yeah, that was one of the last things he'd ever recorded. You know what was really sad the other day? Speaking of last things that ever someone ever recorded, uh, came home. Yeah, my fiance's watching. Um, all dogs go to heaven. Okay, that was one of the last, like that was the last film of the actor Judith something. She voiced Ducky from Land Before Time. Yes. <laughs> Let's not and, go into the dark history there. Well, well, we have to in order to get why this is sad. Okay. Okay. In the movie, you know, she is saying goodbye to Charlie, who's the dog who's voiced by Burt Reynolds. Okay. Who arguably was the age that would have been her fa- like her father's age. Okay. And so he's like, uh, it's not goodbye. It's uh, I'll see you around, kid. And he's like, I'm just going away for a while. That is the last lines the film the last things that would have been recorded and that would have been burt reynolds talking to this little girl before she got killed by her father oof and it was just like oh my god that is entirely too sad because you could tell like the emotion in his voice was like he was a good voice he was doing a good voice actor line yeah because like this is like a little girl this is back before you know where you can have Alphonse Elric voiced by a fully grown dude who can just, you know, pitch his voice up higher. This is like, here's a little girl voicing a little girl who is talking to Burt Reynolds, who arguably is one of the, like, one of the coolest people, actors. And it's like, oh my god. It's been so long since I've seen that film. Um, I was gonna say, there's also another, um... Interesting trivia about Lee's Revine, that Lee's Revine segment. Was it written by the voice actor? No. What's that? It's on the picture that he sets up. It says, like, to my beloved son, uh, or I'm sorry, to my beloved father, I'll see you after the siege of Ba Sing Se. Which yeah. is where his son had died. And that was arguably one of Uncle Iroh's mistakes. It's basically, he was a war general and had agreed to this war. Yeah. That eventually led to the to the death of his son, but also arguably to the... The Fire Nation scourge on the world. <laughs> well, the arguably led to Prince Zuko's redemption. Yes. Because had had his son not passed, Uncle right. Iroh would not have went, uh, understandably, basically mad. They basically kicked him. He was disgraced. 
Yeah. Um, he no longer wanted to fight. He had just lost his son in a siege on Ba Sing Se, and he realized that's not what they should have been doing. Right. So they basically kicked him from the military, and he became the protectorate, the teacher, educator of Prince Zuko after Zuko had been kicked from the royal court. Yes. So arguably, by losing his own son, he gained a son. He gained a son, but also arguably lost a brother. Literally. Yes. Because he was now basically raising and educating his brother's son, who had also made mistakes, but did not learn from them. So there's there, there's a lot of mistakes that you're able to look at it and go, whoa. But, but it's the video is not just about learning from the mistakes. It's accepting people who've made mistakes against you, well, against what you believe in. Because you talk about Katara, how she did not... That's actually where I was wanting to take this, of... It wasn't just this metaphysical, like, oh man, mistakes in Avatar. The YouTuber... Um, who I'm drawing a blank on now, but we'll, of course, always link it down below. And you should go watch it. It's amazing. Um, he basically says, I am Katara from Book 3, Episode 17. Yeah. He's like, I look at people with mistakes with such disdain. And he goes, and I don't want to do that. He basically is like talking about people who put something stupid on Facebook, people who do something stupid in the on the internet, and things literal like Nazis. that. Literal Nazis, <laughs> which was said. But he took it to a. He basically took something, made a lesson out of it, and then applied it to himself and said, "I have made mistakes." Yes, I have learned from my mistakes. But I'm also actively making a mistake by not seeing past other people's mistakes. So it's like, that's so powerful. Yeah. And it's like something like, I honestly wish bigger YouTubers sincerely did this. Yeah. Um, and I and I mean sincerely, not just with words. Yeah, uh, I mean we're not going to talk about the controversy surrounding lots of YouTubers. Oh yeah, it's just like learn from your mistakes. Like learning from your mistakes. The first part of learning from your mistakes is admitting you made a mistake, owning your mistake, but then not turning and trying to become the the victim again. Does that make yeah. sense? No, it totally does. So it's like, by learning from a mistake, you need to admit your mistake and then move forward. Yeah. And it's really cool. Um, I highly recommend going and watching this video. It was amazing. Uh, because like, he kept uh, he kept saying, like, oh, it's Confu- this is a saying by Confucius. Oh, wait, no, it's not. It's from Uncle Iroh. And then you yeah. realize Uncle Iroh was supposed to be... The wise con- man. Yeah. The, he was supposed to be, like, Confucius. And it's like... Yes. That's awesome. Um, so, what, uh, anything else on this video? No, I think... 
we we always talk about Avatar. It's an important series. It's not just mindless entertainment. There's so much to it. Yes, there's just so much to pull from it through every viewing. Yeah, like every time I watch it, I'm like, oh man. Like before, I'd I, my wife had watched it recently, and I remember watching the Lee's Ravine section of Tales from Bossing Say, and I was like, man, that's so much sadder now. Because I had seen it previously when I was not married and did not have a kid. And then I watched it and I'm like, oh my god, it's so much sadder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, oh man, that's... It's so much sadder on a level. And, yeah. and I think on a level, I think that's a lot of... I think honestly that's a lot of what Avatar is supposed to be and meant to be. It's like growth. Yeah. It's learning. It, well, if you think about it, a lot of the ideology, I want to say, and maybe you can say the, yep, the ideology, it's based around, like, like, Buddhism and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, cool, there's many different layers. Yeah. Uh, if you think about it. So it's like, cool, that's... Like, it's, like, it's like an onion. Yeah, just like ogres. Um, yeah. <laughs> Alright, we've officially hit the We are now referencing Shrek about this video We should move on <laughs> Yes um, Speaking of green aliens Green alien life forms just like Shrek Why alien life would be Our doom yes. First and foremost Let's talk about this, the uh, Style of this video I love like infographic Style videos this that channel that does it, I think it's like uh, draw again, drawn a blank, but it's down below. They do all that kind of animation. I love it. Um, but it was basically talking about how if there's life on other planets, we're doomed. Yeah. Um, and it's like, and if there's dead, if there's dead planets, we find planets with just dead life forms, dead evidence of civilization. We are also probably doomed. <laughs> yeah. There was, like, a very a very specific, like, wind condition, if you want to put it this way. And none of it involves us, really. <laughs> yeah, it really just depends upon... Just really chance. <laughs> yeah. It was like, well, if the Great Filter, which is that thing that prevents us from going to an intergalactic society, if it's behind us, then... We're slow. We... We're, we're either, we are the fastest one who made it here, because we're not seeing anything else. True. But that still doesn't mean that, you know, we're one of the faster ones, I should say. Because there could be stuff zipping around that we just can't detect. Right. But if it's in front of us, and we aren't seeing any evidence, that means that we are hastily approaching our own extinction. Yeah, because um, it was talking about, like, you know, a lot of uh, creatures basically override their environment. Yeah. So it's like, and we're hastily doing that. We're making, if and, and not to get too political or whatever, but if we do not take precautions, like, we will make our planet unlovable. Yeah. Eventually. See, I, I, it's sad that we do have to say, I'm not being political, but we have to take care of the place we live. Yeah. That's like, it would be like the same of like, 
Well, I'm not trying to be political, but we really have to pick up the garbage around the house. We really have to sweep up the crumbs in the kitchen. Right. We have to do this. It's like, well, I'm not being political, but we kind of have to stop throwing trash in the ocean. Right. It's like that has nothing to do with who's in office, nothing to do with our status in the UN. It's we really just got to stop throwing candy wrappers in Yellowstone National Park. Right. And but somehow it's become a political issue. Yeah, because apparently if you want to take care of the world, you're, you know, a hippie. You're on the other, you're on the opposite side of the aisle than someone else. Yeah, Um. (laughs) I just, like, I just don't want you to throw trash on the ground. Um, Yeah, Um, I I seen this video and I was like, oh man, it reminded me of the opening of XCOM. Where there's a quote, and I forget who said it, and I probably should have researched this, but it's like... There are two possibilities. We're either alone in the universe, or we're not. Both are equally terrifying. Yeah, because if we're alone in the universe, that means some there, there's literally a kill condition. Kind of like um, Gurren Lagann, actually. Uh, okay, I've if not watched seen, Gurren Lagann. If you've, alright, well, well, if a civilization gets too advanced... They get basically busted back down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They nuke it's themselves like, into this dark, into the Stone Ages. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I mean, and that's a very realistic thing that could happen now. And this is political, but we could find ourselves in World War Three tomorrow. Yeah, theoretically. It's super simple. Pretty much. All it takes is one person insulting someone else, and they're just like, nah, I'm done with this. It's like, it's... It's like that weird saying, I have ne- I have never given anyone the express condition to make me a victim. If at some point someone is like, I am really tired of the lip on that political leader. I'm done. And they just decide to retaliate. Whoops. Mutually assured destruction. Exactly. Um, I was going to say, if we're alone on this planet, that's equally, that's also, that's really terrifying. If we're like alone in the universe, just to say, that's terrifying because... We're literally eating laundry detergent. (laughs) (laughs) This is our species, folks. Or can you imagine if we aren't alone and all the aliens are just watching us eat Tide Pods and we're just like... And they're just like, well... I I think that they're the slow ones. They ride on the short, short intergalactic bus. Yeah. Because if that is our legacy... Because remember, we're putting that on YouTube. Which, which is is transmitted through the internet, through... Satellites. You know, through, yeah, satellites. So this is eventually probably going to be picked up by... Someone. Aliens. We're just like going to say aliens. They're pick, going to pick up these satellite tr- transmissions and watch us do the cinnamon challenge. Watch us do the Kylie Jenner lip challenge. Eat Tide Pods. And just like... This, this is our legacy. Thank They're not going to get Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about how we need to protect the environment. We're right. not getting Carl Sagan saying that we are a infinitesimally small dot. We are watching some little kid eat a Tide Pod and, like, nearly dying. Yeah. This is our... They are... They're, they're watching us the destroy onion us. of our race. Yeah. They're watching us destroy ourselves. It's, it's like, dude, 
we had our finger on the zap button, but this is the best reality TV show. Let's just get keep this going. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, do anything about the alien life? Anything else? Go watch the video. Where do you think the Great Filter lies? <sighs> Truthfully, I think it probably lies in front of us. See, I was going to go with behind us. <laughs> I mean, it's not, we, we, it's bleak, basically. <laughs> we have some great thinkers like Elon Musk with his boring company and his flamethrowers who you, I, seem to be doing some genuine good. But, unless that catches on. But here's the thing, I've heard more people talk about SpaceX and just Elon Musk's moving forward more than I have, like, oh, did you see, like, Curiosity was launched, and it's like, it felt like no one cared about Curiosity, but everyone's talking about the flamethrower. You know why? Because Elon Musk knows that makes news. I was going to say, but in a week that we'll see that, you know, oh my gosh, Kim Kardashian's pregnant with triplets, and it's like... Yeah, but then Elon Musk is going to be like, and I've invented a way to, I've invented lightsabers, I'm giving them away for 20 bucks. You can buy a flamethrower. For five hundred dollars, I heard yeah. it's it's like a gas it's gas, it's yeah. a, ga- a gas flamethrower. So it's not, it doesn't throw the flames very far. It's a flame spreader. It's a it's a it's really a barbecue big lighter, big big uh, lighter. <laughs> Maybe that'll encourage people to stop smoking. Hey, you need a light? <laughs> if I had expendable income, I would have bought one. Oh my, me too. It's like. I I couldn't honestly go to my fans and be like, sweetheart, I know like we're eventually trying to save for a house and get a car, so that way I can stop. We can but stop I, sharing a car. But, but I, I kind of spent five hundred dollars on a flamethrower, <laughs> <laughs> on a really big can of hairspray and a lighter. Yeah, pretty much. Y- yeah, but I was like, but the potential for this to make a video about it would be amazing. I was yes. like. Let's just create. Let's just three D print and create our own and call it the not boring flamethrower and just basically challenge Elon Musk to like a dance off <laughs> flamethrower battle. You got served. How far does yours throw your flames? Exactly. <laughs> Today in the world, the atmosphere was ignited when a company and Elon Musk got into a flamethrower war. Do we know anybody with a three D printer? We do. <laughs> Can we have unlimited access to it? Uh, let's add, let's uh, let's talk to Micah. <laughs> let's talk to me. Okay, sounds good. Okay, let's move on to our main topic. Yes, and that topic is what qualities or attributes of a game make it a pre-order versus a purchase later game. Why don't you start us off? For me, a pre-order is something that, like, all right, Monster Hunter, pre-ordering it, Secret of Mana, pre-ordering it. Already got it pre-ordered. Yeah, I didn't pre-order Dragon Ball Z. I didn't pre-order, you know, Mario Odyssey. It's what I want. It's basically my, my way of saying this is the way I want the gaming industry to go. I want to see more Monster Hunter. Yeah. Because that has the potential to not make money, honestly. Because it wasn't until 3 Ultimate came coming to 3DS and Wii U that it really broke it big over here in the States. Yeah, I mean, otherwise it would just... It was just here. 
Yeah. And I think the we last, only had a couple of them. The last reliable Secret of Mana game was maybe on the DS, back when it was the DSi. Yeah. Was it Children of Mana? Yeah, I think so. Heroes of Mana or something like that. So, we haven't got a reliable one since then. Whereas, like, we've been getting Mario. We've been getting Legend of Zelda. Granted, I did or pre-order Legend of Zelda because that came with my Switch. Yeah. But, like... Well, it didn't come with my Switch, I should say. I get what you mean, though. Yeah, but it was launch day. Well, it, it should have came with my Switch, I will yeah. say. Yeah. Because I, I bought the $500 edition where it's like, here's the color Switch, and here's Split not Splatoon, Breath of the Wild, Has Been Heroes, and 1-2 Switch. Nice. Um, and so it's like, so it's like yeah, I'm not going to pre-order Legend of Zelda because that's always going to sell. I'm not going to pre-order Mario because that's going to sell. I Whereas, like, Secret of Mana, it might not sell. Like, it'll sell to the people who remember it, but if you look at the graphics and look at what is it's surrounded by on the systems, you're going to look and be like, that is not, quote-unquote, up to snuff. So, maybe I'll pass on that. Yeah. Um... That being said, I will also pre-order uh, Dragon, uh, not Dragon Ball, Dragon Quest Builder on my uh, Switch. I look at it like this. It's a lot like the stock market. Right. In the sense of, to me, pre-ordering is basically telling a company, I have confidence in what you're doing. I am so confident in what you are doing that I will give you the full retail price before you've even put the game out. Yes. Does uh, pre-order bonuses mean anything to you? Only if I'm already going to pre-order. Meaning, so it depends upon if I'm going to get the physical edition or if I'm going to get the digital uh, version. Yeah, go on. (laughs) So, it's like, okay, if I want something physical, if I'm going to pre-order a game, and case in point, I pre-ordered Destiny 2. We both did. Yeah. I pre-ordered the Xbox digital version. I got the Xbox physical edition. So, I did not get physical goods. I don't even... Well, neither did I. Really? No. I didn't get the... See, here's the thing. Pre-orders are now pre-order physical and digital, pre-order collectors, pre-order digital deluxe, pre-order collectors, and then the ultimate edition. Yeah, I will... It depends on old games. Like, I I think I pre-ordered the collector's edition of Monster Hunter. You did not. Collector's edition, you get a Nergant, I think. Got it. Did you get the... Did you get the samurai and stuff, armor and stuff like that? Yeah. Then you got the digital deluxe. Okay, so I prefer the digital deluxe. Me too. But so, I mean, it's one of those. I've already decided I'm going to pre-order. Now I need to figure out which pre-order I'm going to do. Yes. So it ultimately is. It like I said, it's a faith-based. Like, hey, I am putting trust in your company. I believe in what you are doing or what you're about to do. I will pre-order your game. Yeah. So, like, Monster Hunter World, I was like, I am confident in what you're doing. I like the fact that they came out and said, 
no loot boxes, no paid DLC, no, no paid, yeah, DLC. There you have paid cosmetic, but, like, those are, like, prance, the dances and stuff. Like oh, I that. bought all the cosmetic gear, too. Right. I got the prance. Yeah. So, I was like, I like the way they're doing business. I will yeah. pre-order from them. I pre-ordered Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I had confidence in them. I was super excited for the game, and I still am. I love. I actually really like it. It is a great yeah. in-between game when I'm like, okay, I'm tired of hunting monsters for a little bit. I'm going to play Dragon Ball. Okay, going back to Monster Hunter. Yeah. I mean, like this this morning, I was streaming um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy the Duelist. Yeah. And it was just, it was kind of cool because, you know, I didn't have my mic on. I was just sitting there playing and just, you know, dinking around. Right. And so, like, see, I don't pre-order games like that because it's like, well, like, I didn't pre-order Tetris Puyo Puyo Pop. Puyo Puyo Tetris. At a certain point, you pre-order hardware. You don't pre-order software. Yes. I can walk in on opening day or on opening weekend, and I will no doubt find the newest Halo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I will not find the newest Xbox. No. I so always pre-order hardware, but not software. For the item, like, for that item. Because, like, let's be honest. Unless the game is, like, a niche game, you don't have to really worry about pre-ordering it. Or if it's something in- going to be insanely popular. Like, when Pokemon comes to the Switch, pre-order it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, here's the thing, either you're going to pre-order it and you're going to have to deal with the crowds that weekend. And, like, I'm... Despite working in a call center and I'm a very social person, I also, like, I like dealing with people on my terms. Yeah. I don't like going to the game store and having, like, 300 people there. Just like, oh, I want this game. Yes, you and and everyone else. Because here's the thing, like, I've went to Pokemon tournaments at um, GameStop before. Yeah. And I've played. And it's fun, because it's on my terms. Whereas if I go to, like, the midnight release, here's the thing. Everyone's there, and especially for games like Pokemon, it is a younger crowd, who it's like, kid, I'm, like, pushing 30. Literally, like, I don't want to be chit-chatting. Right. Give me one moment and vamp, would you? Yeah. Um, For me, it's a lot like, it's weird. I don't like going to, like, pre-order events or... uh, Launch day stuff. A lot because, in a weird way, and it's sad, but we run a gaming podcast. But sometimes it's like, dude, you you gotta slow down, man. Like, that's why I don't like going to like some special events. Like, uh, they done like a Doctor Who thing uh, years ago. They're running one of the new episodes or movies or whatever. And it was like, Dude, I like Doctor Who, but man, let let it go. You don't have to talk about every aspect of it to somebody who is definitely putting off signs of, I don't want to talk about this with you. 
I don't want to talk to you, like, at all. I'm kind of just ready to do my own thing. So, like, when going to games, games, like, yes, I'm going to, I think I went to probably Battlefield, like, 2, long time ago. And it might have been Battlefield 3, even. And it was like, dude, I like the game, but you're, like, way too into it. You probably bought all of the Mountain Dew, and it's like, maybe, maybe relax, like, take a breather, like, we're all gonna go home, we're all gonna play this game, and complain about the servers. You don't have to tell me all the trivia about it, I, I get it. So, I don't pre-order a lot, and when I do, like, physical editions, I'll, like, go in, like, 30 minutes after opening, on the day it comes out. I don't go to Midnight's. Because if I'm going to go and get it, I'm going to probably just call off work half day. Because, you know, why take all eight hours when the store doesn't open up till 10? So I'll go in, walk up, yep, pick it up my copy. Cool. Walk out ten minutes later, and I live ten minutes from the, play, the store. And it's like, okay, cool. I don't have to worry about it. That's, that's really it. But now it's like, oh, digital download. Okay, cool. I don't need all the physical items that come with it. It's like, I don't need all these items. Unless it's something really, really I'm into. I don't need to have a Cade 6 miniature statue or Ingram stress balls. It's like, no, not, uh... Not super into this, because now I've got to store it or throw it away. And the answer is, I'll store it for a little while and throw it away later. I don't know. It's... But as far as, like, the difference between a pre-order game versus a pickup later game, it also just depends on what's around it. Um, if it's a game that I'm super looking forward to, I'll probably pre-order it um, digitally. That way I can go ahead and download it. Because I don't want to have to put in the disc on the day it comes out and be like, and now I wait for an hour while this updates. Cool, so I don't get to play until noon or 1 o'clock. And it's like, well, the day is half over, so neat. I can digitally download it, preload it, gets all day one patches put in, and I'm good to go. There's nothing I have to do, anything like that. And so the, the ultimate factor in deciding this is just, does it, does it look cool enough? And with pre-orders, it's easier to put pre-orders into my budget. Because if I'm going to pre-order a game, I already know it looks cool. So it's like, all right, cool. You know, I pre-ordered Secret of Mana for next week. No, I'm sorry, this week. And it's like, cool, but I've already paid for it. So, had a little extra money, put it in, boom, done. Next week, that may not may not be the case. I mean, it will, but it won't. Yeah. So, y'all good? I'm back, by the way. I'm, yeah. I'm good. Okay, good. Um, I was... Had uh, to bring medicine upstairs. Fun. Yeah. Um, not really. No, I can't imagine it was. The vamping was not fun as well, no. 
Yeah, I, I look over, I'm like, my phone's ringing. I should answer this, because my fiance. She's like, hey, uh, can you bring the medicine up to my uh, to my mom? I'm like, uh, well, I mean, like, I'm in the middle of recording a podcast. Okay, then uh, I'll just tell her she can come down there. I'm kind of in the middle of recording a podcast, so let's not do that. <laughs> so, hence, like, 800 long minute silence. Nice. No, I, I mean, think I think you're I'm... gonna you're gonna get the recording yeah of the, of the thing, and then you're just gonna hear me like yeah middle of a podcast I'm in the middle of a podcast because I didn't <laughs> stop my audacity recording <laughs> nice because like that's gonna be a lot more work than just muting Discord right all right anything else I was I was winding down I was running out of stuff yeah uh no that's pretty much it. Okay, let's move on to our weekly challenge, which I think that's actually good for almost a main topic, so we can go a little bit longer on it, since we had a little less to say about the main topic. Yeah. Other than a horrible mic slash voice, what makes you click away from a YouTube gameplay video? Do you have an answer? Uh, I'm going to go with the unnecessarily long intro where it's like it's like the movies where you have like 800 minutes of credits yeah it's like all right calm down captain credits i don't know actually i like them when they keep the credits in well not credits but like the opening intro oh no well that's more of the game less of the no 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 i'm talking about like video intro to the game before the game oh right 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 so like some of ours are like 15 seconds yeah, it's like, but there's like forty five seconds that aren't calm down. I'd like. All right, the perfect example of like the perfect length of thing is the game grumps. Hey, I'm grump, not so grump, and we're the game grumps. That's it. They kick back into the game. Like I've seen some gameplays like, you know, it's like this Michael Bay, like it's just transforming, and then it's just like into the title with obnoxious dubstep. And it's like, you know, on a level, actually, now that I've done more editing, I actually kind of like some of that stuff. Because I look at it and go, that's really good editing. It is good <laughs> editing, but here's the thing. If I'm watching a series in a playlist on YouTube, and every ten minutes I have to see the same intro, it's obnoxious. Eh, uh, that, that to me is not the biggest part. For, for me, it's just like, come on, just... Get on with the game. For me, I mean, a lot of it is the mic and voice, though. To be honest, um, is it the style of gameplay where they like close out the tutorials immediately, then complain about what's going on? Uh, you know, there. Are, I know some game companies, same game let's players, are like that. Um, a, a lot of it has to do with like the energy they bring to it. Um, I dig it. So I mean, like, if they're just like, hey guys, uh, we're just gonna be here, I guess. So like, alright, calm down. Uh, more, well, that, and I guess almost the style. Like, if I'm gonna watch a series. Um, so a lot of it, uh, it, really, honestly, a lot of it is the voice and the mic, though. That's why this was such a hard challenge, because like, but you can't really expound on something, because it is a smaller issue, so it's like, you have to find something that is not the mic voice. I mean, uh, you could almost say that they make that they make constant jokes. 
in like a serious game. Like or if, just spoil the game. I don't mind spoilers because it's like it's gonna happen anyway. Like I was watching one uh, gameplay of Doki Doki Literature Club, and they're like, "Well, don't want to get too attached to her because she kills herself." And it's just like, thankfully, I knew the spoilers. It's like, and at this point, everybody does. Well, no, like, it, it, not everyone does. Um, here's but, like the people who would look up Doki Doki Literature Club on YouTube and watch a gameplay video of it. At already this point, now do. Like, your wife, I doubt she's going to pull up Doki Doki Literature Club. I have showed her clip of it. Yeah, but she's not going to pull it up herself. Right. Does she know the spoiled ending? I, that was what I showed her. Yeah. So, I mean, you'd have to, like, go out of your way to show her. Whereas, like, you know, my fiance is not one to watch, sit there and watch gameplay videos because she finds it kind of boring. So, she's not going to sit there and watch Doki Doki Literature Club, so she's not going to know the ending. Well, the, the, there's actually a bigger issue about that. That's the whole point of a visual novel. That's what the game is. Like, if I play Call of Duty story mode and, oh, here's the, the spoiler, you know, Kevin Spacey is the bad guy. Cool. There's still a game, though. If you're spoiling a visual novel, that's worse than spoiling a regular novel. Yeah. Because with the visual novel, especially on Steam, it has five, ten characters. Yeah. And if you spoil something, it probably involves at least one of those characters. Yeah. And with a game like Doki Doki Literature Club, it's like, cool, you're spoiling like... 25% of the cast. Yeah. You're spoiling the game for 25% of the cast. And it makes it pointless to play. Now you're just... Now you're playing a clicking simulator game. Because now you know nothing is... Nothing matters. Nothing you do can matter in that game. Because it's a visual novel. You are on a train... It, there's not gameplay flair. Like with Call of it's Duty. It's not Undertale. It's not Undertale. Right. You don't get choices that matter. And it's not like in Call of Duty where you got cool skills to show off. Unless those skills are clicking faster than yeah. somebody else. And yeah. if you're clicking faster than somebody else, then really, you're also not showing off non-spoiler stories. So why are you playing this game? Here's my thing. Doki Doki Literature Club is a game not to be played, but, but, to, experience. but to be enjoyed but to, by watching reaction videos. Yeah. I mean, I have no interest in playing the game, but I absolutely loved seeing Markiplier respond to Dude, it. the game grumps was magic. Oh, yeah. Especially because they got, like, one, uh, Dan got all into it, and there's like, all of a sudden, what? yeah, all of a sudden he was like, his heart was broken. Yeah. I 100% yeah. agree. But it sounds weird, and maybe this is just because we don't, it sounds weird, but I'm going to be self-reflective here. Maybe it's because we don't have the viewers, but it's weird when people do games that are out of their wheelhouse, wheelhouse because they're popular. Like, I would not do a 
Doki Doki Literature Club playthrough, because to me, that is not enjoyable, knowing is spoilers, and actually playing. I own the game. And I said... Only it's free, so you might as well. Right. And I was like, I, like, can't care about the story, like, at all. Visual novels are not my game. So, just because I also know you, you're... This is gonna sound insulting. If the story doesn't have, like, a, a thick plot line... And all the involving characters, that's fine with you. You're about mechanics and gameplay. Right. And let's be honest, like, I, I, and I, this again, self-reflective, I can't vamp. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, and th- that kind of makes us different because, like, I absolutely adore the Dark Souls, like, lore and story, but horribly suck at the game. Yeah. You would be better at the game. But, like, you would care less about the lore. I love watching, like, lore videos and stuff. Like, I've watched all I mean, the yeah. lore of, like, Five Nights at yeah, Freddy's. That's... I mean, but... That's a game. But that's... But that's not, like, like exceeding... It's not Dark Souls level deep. Dark Souls is actually really deep, dude. Uh, have you watched the story for Five Nights at Freddy's? I have. That's pretty deep! Still, <laughs> the... still not as deep as, like, Bloodborne and Oh, no, I, I, uh, Dark I agree, but it's re- it's reaching there. I, I watch game theory uh, as much as sometimes I'm like, alright, move on. Yeah. Um, I watch their gameplay videos. I watch, I watch Markiplier's gameplay and then the theories from uh, Game Theory. Yeah. And I'm like, this makes me enjoy the game because I get to experience the lore, which to me is, like, the only good part of the game. I own, once again, yeah. I own the newest Five Nights, Pete's, Freddy's Pizzeria. I played it for five minutes, and I actually lost in five minutes, because it randomly threw out a lawsuit, and I couldn't, I didn't have the money. I never had the money to fight it, and I went bankrupt in the first night. I was nice. like, and I don't care about this game. Like, nice. none of the gameplay is engaging to me. So, I yeah. guess what turns me off about some Let's Players, and, and I'll say this, not all Let's Players, and even Let's Players that are guilty of this, it's sometimes just the games. But when they're doing a game that they don't enjoy only because it's popular. Yeah. Like, that would be like me playing Doki Doki Literature Club. I don't enjoy the game, but if I recorded it just because it was popular on YouTube... To me, it, it, yeah. that's very clearly it come, comes through. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some people, you, you know, they come across as uninterested in a game. And I, I realize that sometimes even my voice, it's like a game that I'm excited about, I come across as Aubrey Plaza-esque and just could not care less. Yeah. Which is why I actually don't do a ton of gameplay all the time. I'll yeah. do stuff that I super enjoy regardless. See, for me, it's like, I am not good on voice by myself, because, like, I can't vamp. Except for on certain things. Yeah. Like, I could sit there and play Yu-Gi-Oh! and vamp to myself, because there's something visually going on, and just, like, it's kind of funny, because it's a common shared experience that you're gonna lose. Yeah. But, like, if I'm sitting there playing Dark Souls, we're just thinking this afternoon, man, I could probably record some, you know, Bloodborne and start from the very beginning again, because I'm not far at all. Yeah. Mm, but then I have to talk to, talk by myself. <laughs> I know. Um, I think that's uh, that's one of the big things. It's like, when 
it's almost clear that they're uninterested in the game. Yeah. When they're doing it just for popularity. And it's like, I mean, you, you can't fault them. I mean, the idea, the thought of it has, you know, if, if a YouTuber said, oh, that's never ran across my mind, I'll point to someone who's probably lying. Yeah, I mean, plus the fact that being as... See, we, we're in that situation where we're inconvenienced because we actually have to, you know, go to actual jobs. But that is their job, so if they're not getting views, they're not getting paid. Right, I agree. So that's forgivable that, you know, someone who isn't... who doesn't play Doki... go games like that, play Doki Doki because that's popular. That's going to pay their rent. Yeah. It's 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 a weird thing, uh, but again, I try to keep an open mind when watching Let's Plays, and I try to find smaller Let's Players, but some yeah. Let's Plays, I'm like, I want to go to the, these people for this content. Okay. Um, but like I said, a lot of it has to do with uh, voice and mic, um, and expounding upon that. It's like, you know, some, it's like, it, depending upon the environment, I'm also watching it in. Yeah. If I've got headphones in, I don't really care uh, about it. But if for some oh, reason yeah. I have um, no headphones on and I'm listening to it at home, it's really weird listening to a Let's Player that has like a breathy voice and you're like, I feel like somebody is going to think I'm watching something weird. Yeah. And it's like, like have you ever watched ASMR gameplays? No. Oh, weird. It's weird. So it's like, mm, not a fan. Or like when they're way up in the microphone. Yeah. Or... How, let, 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 let's let's move on from here. Yeah. Because this, this topic's going to get away from us. Let's move on to our gaming news. Yes. Yes. Uh, Pokemon Go developer buys an AR company called Escher Reality. I almost said Reality. I don't know why. Yeah, I know you did. I was like, um, there's not a whole lot that's going on there. Um, it just looks but like it, they're broadening their AR experience. Which is good because, you know, like, I still play Pokemon Go on occasion. Yeah, the new, because uh, Gen 3 just dropped. Well, part yeah, of Gen 3. Plus the fact that I live, like, well, not live, but I work near, like, 15 different Pokestops. Yeah, it's... So, like... Last night, when I was waiting to be picked up for my fiance, I was, like, walking around the block, and I timed it just enough. So I was able to hit the same stops, like, three times. Nice. Um, so it's like, doot, 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 it's, doot, doot. it's interesting. I'm still waiting for some stuff to be implemented. Uh, to me, like, with an office job and everything, and with how tight my well, schedule they, already is, it's like, I don't have time to walk around all the time. And well, here's my thing. Like, I can, if I park at the church near my work, I can hit three stops in on the way to work. On my break, I can hit two of those stops again if I go to the uh, grocery store across the street and get, like, a drink. Yeah. Nice. I can sit at my desk, and if, you know, Wi-Fi conditions are good, and, you know, it wanders in my favor, I can hit one of those stops every five minutes. Nice. Yeah, I, I sit on top of one, but my building is made of like apparently lead, so like I right. I don't really get a very good signal on occasion. So it's like, no, cool. I don't know. It, it lost its magic for me. It might come back with Gen Three, 
But I'm not going to say it is because, you know, it didn't come back with Gen 2. So it, it came back for me because, like, I work in an environment where I get more interaction. And if I get dropped off early at work, like, you know, Kelly needs the car, I can walk up to a couple gyms and start gym, battling with gyms. Nice. A lot of, well, for me, like, when I go to work and come home, like, when I go to, when I go to work, it's four in the morning. I'm yeah. not gonna walk around downtown with my phone now. I well, I mean, I have to. I have to walk around town, uh, around where I work with, uh, a, you know, a security baton because we've had people get harassed. But I mean, it's like, yeah, bring it on. I will, literally, if you do try to steal my phone or try to mug me, I will beat you in the face with this, you know, steel baton. Yeah, I, I get you. Come, come at me, scrub lord. Get wrecked. <laughs> I, I get you. Yeah. Okay, moving forward. Do you know the Muffin Man? Well, no. Uh, do you know there's? <laughs> do you know there's a new Stargate series? I seen something about that like a, a month ago, and then it just suddenly burst into my news feed all the time. I'm like, all right, calm down. Uh, it's called Stargate Origins, and it looks like it's going to be set in 1939, and uh, it's going to basically be Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Huh. It, Where can I watch it? Uh, it's going to be streamed exclusively on Stargate Command on February 15th. Do I have to pay for Stargate Command? 20 bucks a month. Uh, but, that show will not get past season one. But you also get access to every Stargate series. Isn't that also on Netflix and Hulu? It is not. Here's the thing. I'm not paying 20 I, bucks for everything. It won't go past season one. No. 20 bucks is a lot for one type of content. 20 I mean tw yeah. 20 bucks a month would be fine for Crunchyroll because 20 bucks a month would be fine for like NBC because no. not only do you get to watch Discovery, but you get to watch all the other NBC TV shows. Yeah, I I get what you're saying, but it's like, eh. I don't care about NBC shows, but it'd be like I it would make more sense. $20 is a lot of Stargate. Yeah, and it's like, cool. Arguably, there's two good Stargate series. Atlantis and SG-1. Yes. I mean, there's the universe. It exists. And maybe I'll enjoy it now as an adult, but it's like... Yeah, 20, but I mean, if they... 20 bucks is a lot for one series. That'd be like paying if they, 20 bucks a month just to watch, I don't know, The Magician. Wait, that's 20... Just to watch The Magician's. Just to watch yeah. Battlestar Galactica. But you can... It would have made more sense if it was sci-fi, and they're like, okay, all of our old shows that you can't find on, like, Google Play. Oh, well, you can't find on Google Play. Yeah. Like, Amazon or anything like that. Like, ba Babylon 5. Farscape. Yeah. Invisible Man. The Tremors TV show. Things like that. We're all gonna put that on its own sci-fi network. I could see... Technically bre breaching terms and service and sharing streaming access to with multiple people. But here's the thing. I can only think of like a handful of people that care about Stargate. Yeah. It's like, cool. Uh, 20 bucks a month, huh? Yeah. Ugh, that's a lot. So I'm excited for it, but at the same time, I'm also like, I don't really it, care. It's $20 is way more than Netflix, and Netflix has everything. Pretty much. Pretty much. 
Um, so that's really about it. That's there. There's a trailer, but it pretty much is Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Last Ark. But yeah. instead of an arc, it's a Stargate. Pretty much, yeah. It's, it's that's it. That's that's really it. <laughs> and here's the thing: they kind of shoehorn themselves in because we know that nothing's going to happen to the Stargate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the curse of prequels. We know that Bruce Wayne can't die in Gotham, nor can Commissioner Gordon. So no matter how much danger they're put in, they're, they're, we know they're, they're going to survive. They're practically on a deity level. Because we know that we can't kill them and say, oh, they're clones. Because then do you know how many people are going to be like, well, that's bull. All of them. <laughs> yep. Okay, let's move forward and then get ready to wrap up. Yes. Releasing this week is Secret of Mana for PC, PS4, and PS Vita on the 15th. And then Bayonetta and Bayonetta 2 on the Switch on the 16th. Are you going to be picking up Are you- Bayonetta? Uh, well, not this week, because I'm pre-ordering Secret of Mana. Yeah, I don't blame you there. But I am going to get Bayonetta. I've thought about it, because I like playing as Bayonetta on Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Or, uh, for the Wii. Yeah, we know. We know. A few of you know. Um. Yeah. I've never played any of the games, so. Neither am I, actually. I'm excited for it. But also, like, I'm also like, yep. I already know. I can't record this and put it on this channel. Well, I mean, actually, it's way more feminist than than most games because it's um. She talks to like it's it's has passed that test where a female character talks to another female character and it does not involve a male character. Yeah, but the fact that all of her weapons are hair kind of kind of does some yeah. stuff. All of her weapons are hair. <laughs> Yeah, if I recorded that, I feel like there's a lot of stuff I might have to worry about censoring. It's actually pretty clean. I've seen Bayonetta 2 played. Nice. Alright, anything else? That is it. Alrighty, I think that's going to wrap us up. So, uh, until next week, have a good one. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. And thank you to all of our listeners out there, because we really couldn't do it without you. We hope you enjoyed this week's Gaming and Chill podcast. If you'd like to know more about the podcast, follow us on social media, or learn how to support the podcast directly, check us out at www.gamingandchillpodcast.com. Also, be sure to stay up to date with Gaming and Chill by following us on Twitter at at gaming underscore in underscore chill. Yes, that is gaming underscore in as in nancy underscore chill you can also find links to the articles games and videos mentioned in this podcast in the description below thanks again for watching and until next time